the Law School of America. Criminal procedure is the adjudication process of criminal law. While criminal procedure differs dramatically by jurisdiction, the process generally begins with a formal criminal charge with the person on trial either being free on bail or incarcerated, and results in the conviction or acquittal of the defendant. Criminal procedure can be either in the form of inquisitorial or adversarial criminal procedure. Basic rights. Currently, in many countries with a democratic system and the rule of law, criminal procedure puts the burden of proof on the prosecution, that is, it is up to the prosecution to prove that the defendant is guilty beyond any reasonable doubt, as opposed to having the defense prove that they are innocent, and any doubt is resolved in favor of the defendant. This provision, known as the presumption of innocence, is required, for example, in the 46 countries that are members of the Council of Europe, under Article 6 of the European Convention on Human Rights, and it is included in other human rights documents. However, in practice it operates somewhat differently in different countries. Such basic rights also include the right for the defendant to know what offense he or she has been arrested for or is being charged with, and the right to appear before a judicial official within a certain time of being arrested. Many jurisdictions also allow the defendant the right to legal counsel and provide any defendant who cannot afford their own lawyer with a lawyer paid for at the public expense. Difference in criminal and civil procedures. Most countries make a rather clear distinction between civil and criminal procedures. For example, an English criminal court may force a defendant to pay a fine as punishment for his crime, and he may sometimes have to pay the legal costs of the prosecution. But the victim of the crime pursues his claim for compensation in a civil, not a criminal, action. In France, Italy, and many other countries besides, the victim of a crime, known as the injured party, may be awarded damages by a criminal court judge. The standards of proof are higher in a criminal action than in a civil one since the loser risks not only financial penalties but also being sent to prison, or, in some countries, execution. In English law the prosecution must prove the guilt of a criminal beyond reasonable doubt, but the plaintiff in a civil action is required to prove his case on the balance of probabilities. Beyond reasonable doubt is not defined for the jury which decides the verdict, but it has been said by appeal courts that proving guilt beyond reasonable doubt requires the prosecution to exclude any reasonable hypothesis consistent with innocence, Plomp VR. In a civil case, however, the court simply weighs the evidence and decides what is most probable. Criminal and civil procedure are different. Although some systems, including the English, allow a private citizen to bring a criminal prosecution against another citizen, criminal actions are nearly always started by the state. Civil actions, on the other hand, are usually started by individuals. In Anglo-American law, the party bringing a criminal action, that is, in most cases, the state, is called the prosecution, but the party bringing a civil action is the plaintiff. In both kinds of action the other party is known as the defendant. A criminal case in the United States against a person named Ms. Sanchez would be entitled United States v. short for versus, or against, Sanchez if initiated by the federal government, if brought by a state, the case would typically be called State v. Sanchez or People v. Sanchez. In the United Kingdom, the criminal case would be styled R, short for Rex or Regina, that is, the King or Queen, v. Sanchez. In both the United States and the United Kingdom, a civil action between Ms. Sanchez and a Mr. Smith would be Sanchez v. Smith if started by Sanchez and Smith v. Sanchez if begun by Smith. Evidence given at a criminal trial is not necessarily admissible in a civil action about the same matter just as evidence given in a civil cause is not necessarily admissible on a criminal trial. For example, the victim of a road accident does not directly benefit if the driver who injured him is found guilty of the crime of careless driving. He still has to prove his case in a civil action. In fact he may be able to prove his civil case even when the driver is found not guilty in the criminal trial. 
If the accused is given evidence on his trial he may be cross-examined on those statements in a subsequent civil action regardless of the criminal verdict. Once the plaintiff has shown that the defendant is liable, the main argument in a civil court is about the amount of money, or damages, which the defendant should pay to the plaintiff. Differences between civil law and common law systems. The majority of civil law jurisdictions, civil law as a type of law system, not as opposed to criminal law, follow an inquisitorial system of adjudication, in which judges undertake an active investigation of the claims by examining the evidence at the trial, while other judges contribute likewise by preparing reports. In common law systems, the trial judge presides over proceedings grounded in the adversarial system of dispute resolution, where both the prosecution and the defense prepare arguments to be presented before the court. Some civil law systems have adopted adversarial procedures. Proponents of either system tend to consider that their system defends best the rights of the innocent. There is a tendency in common law countries to believe that civil law or inquisitorial systems do not have the so-called presumption of innocence, and do not provide the defense with adequate rights. Conversely, there is a tendency in countries with an inquisitorial system to believe that accusatorial proceedings unduly favor rich defendants who can afford large legal teams, and are very harsh on poorer defendants. A fair trial is a trial which is conducted fairly, justly, and with procedural regularity by an impartial judge. Various rights associated with a fair trial are explicitly proclaimed in Article 10 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, the Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution, and Article 6 of the European Convention of Human Rights, as well as numerous other constitutions and declarations throughout the world. There is no binding international law that defines what is not a fair trial. For example, the right to a jury trial and other important procedures vary from nation to nation. Definition in International Human Rights Law the right to fair trial is very helpful to explore in numerous declarations which represent customary international law, such as the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, UDHR. Though the UDHR enshrines some fair trial rights, such as the presumption of innocence until the accused is proven guilty, in Articles 6, 7, 8 and 11, the key provision is Article 10 which states that everyone is entitled in full equality to a fair and public hearing by an independent and impartial tribunal in the determination of his rights and obligations and of any criminal charge against him. Some years after the UDHR was adopted, the right to a fair trial was defined in more detail in the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, ICPR. The right to a fair trial is protected in Articles 14 and 16 of the ICPR which is binding in international law on those states that are party to it. Article 14.1 establishes the basic right to a fair trial, Article 14.2 provides for the presumption of innocence, and Article 14.3 sets out a list of minimum fair trial rights in criminal proceedings. Article 14.5 establishes the right of a convicted person to have a higher court review the conviction or sentence, and Article 14.7 prohibits double jeopardy. Article 14.1 states that All persons shall be equal before the courts and tribunals. In the determination of any criminal charge against him, or of his rights and obligations in a suit at law, everyone shall be entitled to a fair and public hearing by a competent, independent and impartial tribunal established by law. The press and the public may be excluded from all or part of a trial for reasons of morals, public order or national security in a democratic society, or when the interest of the private lives of the party so requires, or to the extent strictly necessary in the opinion of the court in special circumstances where publicity would prejudice the interests of justice, but any judgment rendered in a criminal case or in a suit at law shall be made public except where the interest of juvenile persons otherwise requires or the proceedings concern matrimonial disputes or the guardianship of children. Geneva Conventions The Geneva Conventions, G.C., and their additional protocols, APs, require that any prisoners of war facing a judicial proceeding receive a fair trial. 
For example, Articles 102 to 108 of the 1949 Third Geneva Convention detail requirements for the fairness of trials against prisoners of war. Other provisions require a fair and regular trial, safeguards of proper trial and defense, an impartial and regularly constituted court respecting the generally recognized principles of regular judicial procedure, a regularly constituted court affording all the judicial guarantees which are recognized as indispensable by civilized peoples, and court offering the essential guarantees of independence and impartiality. Definition in Regional Human Rights Law. The right to a fair trial is enshrined in Articles 3, 7 and 26 of the African Charter on Human and People's Rights, (UCHPR). The right to a fair trial is also enshrined in Articles 5, 6 and 7 of the European Convention on Human Rights and Articles 2 to 4 of the 7th Protocol to the Convention. The right to a fair trial is furthermore enshrined in Articles 3, 8, 9 and 10 of the American Convention on Human Rights. Relationship with Other Rights. The right to equality before the law is sometimes regarded as part of the right to a fair trial. It is typically guaranteed under a separate article in international human rights instruments. The right entitles individuals to be recognized as subject, not as object, of the law. International human rights law permits no derogation or exceptions to this human right. Closely related to the right to a fair trial is the prohibition on ex post facto law, or retroactive law which is enshrined in human rights instruments separately from the right to fair trial and cannot be limited by states according to the European Convention on Human Rights and the American Convention on Human Rights. Fair Trial Rights The right to a fair trial has been defined in numerous regional and international human rights instruments. It is one of the most extensive human rights and all international human rights instruments enshrined in more than one article. The right to a fair trial is one of the most litigated human rights and substantial case law that has been established on the interpretation of this human right. Despite variations in wording and placement of the various fair trial rights, international human rights instruments define the right to a fair trial in broadly the same terms. The aim of the right is to ensure the proper administration of justice. As a minimum the right to fair trial includes the following fair trial rights in civil and criminal proceedings. The right to be heard by a competent, independent and impartial tribunal the right to a public hearing, the right to be heard within a reasonable time, the right to counsel, and the right to interpretation. States may limit the right to a fair trial or derogate from the fair trial rights only under circumstances specified in the human rights instruments. In civil and criminal proceedings, the European Court of Human Rights and the Inter-American Court of Human Rights have clarified that the right to a fair trial applies to all types of judicial proceedings, whether civil or criminal. According to the European Court of Human Rights, Article 6 of the European Convention on Human Rights and the Fair Trial Rights apply to all civil rights and obligations created under domestic law and therefore to all civil proceedings, refer to a pay Uldo Zotanek Sovetsage and others v. Hungary 2000. In administrative proceedings, both the European Court of Human Rights and the Inter-American Court of Human Rights have clarified that the right to a fair trial applies not only to judicial proceedings, but also administrative proceedings. If an individual's right under the law is at stake, the dispute must be determined through a fair process. In special proceedings. In Europe special proceedings may also be subject to Article 6 of the European Convention on Human Rights. In Mills v. the United Kingdom 2001 the European Court of Human Rights held that a court-martial was subject to Article 6 because the defendants had been accused of what the court considered to be serious crime, assault with a weapon and wounding. The African Commission on Human and People's Rights, UCHPR frequently deals with instances where civilians are tried by military tribunals for serious crimes. The ICHPR has held that on the face of it military courts do not satisfy civilians' right to a fair trial, refer to Constitutional Rights Project v. Nigeria. 
In this respect the Ichpur has reaffirmed the right to counsel as essential in guaranteeing a fair trial. The Ichpur held that individuals have the right to choose their own counsel and that giving the military tribunal the right to veto a counsel violates the right to a fair trial. In the United Kingdom. Right to a fair trial in the United Kingdom is guaranteed by Article 6 of the Human Rights Act 1998. Between 1971 and 1975, the right to a fair trial was suspended in Northern Ireland. Suspects were simply imprisoned without trial, and interrogated by the British Army for information. This power was mostly used against the Catholic minority. The British government supplied deliberately misleading evidence to the European Court of Human Rights when it investigated this issue in 1978. The Irish government and human rights group Amnesty International requested that the ECHR reconsider the case in December 2014. Three court cases related to the Northern Ireland conflict that took place in mainland Britain in 1975 and 1976 have been accused of being unfair, resulting in the imprisonment of the Birmingham 6, Guildford 4, and Maguire 7. These convictions were later overturned, though an investigation into allegations that police officers perverted the course of justice failed to convict anyone of wrongdoing. The United Kingdom created an act, the Special Immigration Appeals Act in 1997, which then led to the creation of the Special Immigration Appeals Commission, SIAC. It allowed for secret evidence to be stated in court, however, it provides provisions for the anonymity of the sources and information itself. The judge has the power to clear the courtroom of the public and press, and the appellant if need be, if sensitive information must be relayed. The appellant is provided with a special advocate, who is appointed in order to represent their interests, however no contact can be made with the appellant after seeing the secret evidence. ZIAC is mostly used for deportation cases, and other cases of public interest. Secret evidence has seen increased use in UK courts. Some argue that this undermines the British criminal justice system, as this evidence may not come under proper democratic scrutiny. Secret evidence can now be used in wide range of cases including deportations hearings, control orders proceedings, parole board cases, asset freezing applications, pre-charge detention hearings in terrorism cases, employment tribunals and planning tribunals. In England and Wales, the origin of right to fair trial and right to be heard can be traced back in the Magna Carta Act, 1215. Article 39 of the Act speaks about fair trial and punishment by a competent court after the trial. Juries and a fair trial. The rationale for a jury was that it offers a check against state power. Under Article 6 of the ECHR, the right to a fair trial implies that the accused and public must be able to understand the verdict. Trials decided by jury, as they do not provide reasons for their decision, therefore do not allow for this. In Tax KV Belgium a violation of Article 6 one was found. The court also implied a right to a reasoned verdict, irrespective of whether that was given by a judge or a jury. Under ECHR case law, jury decisions can also be problematic in circumstances where juries draw adverse inferences from trial judges' directions in contravention of Article 6.3, B, and, C. The Law School of America The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America